We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. And I'm already off kilter because I forgot to do my little intro thing that we've been doing right. at, at the, at now. So it went straight to the music. We could do it again. You want music and an intro? No, no just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's so busy right now, Fred. Uh, this is great. We didn't uh, have time. We didn't have time. We didn't have the extra 15 seconds for that regular intro, the new intro. Yeah, we did not. But that's OK. Um, but. Hey, really excited about this, uh, you know, because there's a lot to talk about, even though I'm also not so excited about my franchise. Uh, it's, it was fun for that year and a half when we were trying, Fred, but uh, the Reds are no longer trying. In fact, they are trying my patience. They're the, one, of the, one of the two most cynical franchises in baseball right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's disappointing. They they made it kind of effort to compete for a couple years like i'd say like a kind of effort it's not like like when my blue jays rebuilt after the batista donaldson and carnassian generation like it's annoying but i could live with that like that was a team that went to the alcs two years in a row and like every good player on that team was in their 30s right. not every good player but most of them were in their 30s like that made a lot of sense like i felt like that team went for it the david price trade they did. And all those things the reds like I don't even think they went for it. They they were willing. No, they half-assed it. They were Jenny willing Butler to called be competitive. Right. Yes, yeah. they were willing to be competitive. They were willing to try to be a wild card team for a couple years, and that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. that that's right. Uh, Nick Crawl talked about. I'm going to use the line one more time, and then I'll put it to bed. Yeah, Nick Crawl said we're trying to eliminate the peaks and valleys. Like what peaks? There were no peaks. 83 uh, wins is not a peak. 31 and 29 with scoring zero runs in two playoff games is not a peak. Um, it's a peak at what other franchises you could take a good look at Atlanta, who was on the, on the way to building something good. One in LC, you know, one in LCS and then world series the next year. That's a peak. You know, you know, you can't, you can't yell at the Braves fans can't complain about not getting Freddie Freeman back, not only because they won the world series, but guess what? They went and traded for Matt Olson and then signed him. Let's lead with that one there. Okay. And then we'll, then we'll talk about the substance of the Reds' pathetic moves. Yeah, Braves fans I know are kind of, some of them are kind of mad because the Freddie Freeman era is over. And I get that. At the same time, like, I don't know, like you as a Reds fan, you're kind of like, crime here, River. <laughs> like, you won the World <laughs> Series, and now you've replaced 
your really good first baseman with a really good first baseman, like like you could. I I get that it, there's a, an allegiance there to Freddie Freeman. I get he's kind of like Mr. Atlanta Braves in this generation, but I don't know. The the Braves are still really good. Olsen's gonna do right really well there. Did you move Olsen since this is a fantasy podcast? Did you move Olsen up, down, or did not touch him at all with the trade? I moved him up. Um, I oh, I bumped up his batting average. I bumped up his power. Left-handed power does really well uh, in Truist Park. Um, and you, you get rid of all that foul territory in Oakland. You probably have a better lineup around him. I think this is a massive upgrade for Olsen. Yeah, I think it's an upgrade for sure. Um, Olsen's been like a little up and down in his career. So like with the batting True. average and the, sh- the shortened season and everything. That being said, his bad was really low in that shortened season. So um, his strikeout rate was worse and then was uh, way better last year. If he can hold that strikeout rate from last year, that, that, that was huge. Like that was a, a huge advantage mm-hmm. for him, like a, a big uptick, um, by lowering the strikeout rate. That's what drove, I think a better season. Um, it, it, yeah, it's, a, it's an, I mean, you almost knew he was, I almost factored into my original projection for him that he would be on a different team, like at some point, but I moved him up. I moved him up maybe like in my overall rankings, like seven, seven or eight or nine spots, which is actually a lot when you're talking about a guy who's more in the forties, thirties or forties. Like that's a huge, you know, that's not a big jump if you're at player 200, but if you're a player, like originally you're player 50 and now you move up closer to 40, like that's a big, a big jump. I still don't think I'm going to get any Olsen, but, but I moved him up. That makes sense. So um, I, I bumped up his batting average. I, I bumped up his power a little bit. I might have overreacted. I got to double check, double, do another pass at this here. But in terms of what it spit out, but I originally was in the 50s with him. So also also known as not getting him usually in most cases. That's yep. also kind of a structural thing. If I wasn't getting Freddie Freeman, if I wasn't getting Vlad, I was probably waiting on first baseman. Yeah, I was pretty unlikely to take a first baseman and also pretty unlikely to take an early round player who um, you know, who isn't going to contribute in the steals department. So, right. um, so I haven't really been in on him. I do have P so for example, in a couple DCs, at least one, maybe two, I have Pete Alonzo. So mm-hmm. would you rather have Matt Olson now or Pete Alonzo? Cause I was actually in the minority. I would have rather had Alonzo before this trade. I think you're not in the minority. First of all, I okay. think that you are in the majority. I can double check on okay. ADP, but, uh, oh, I so- thought Olson was a little earlier ADP than Alonzo up, up until, Obviously, the last couple of days, I don't know. I don't think we have enough to say yet. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we only have one day uh, for that to change. Yeah. Although we knew Olsen was yeah. going to go, though, though, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, once the Bassett trade happened, you know, okay, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're unmooring all yeah. the all the boats from the dock. Uh, it's out, out outward gone. But uh, yeah. Olsen, ADP currently, this is all draft season. Yeah. Is yeah. 41. And I feel like Alonzo is 50. Yeah. So, you are right. Um, again, that's, you know, typically Fred is right. Jeff is wrong. I can live <laughs> with that dynamic. It's true. Uh, you know, truth is the ultimate defense. I can't get offended by that. So, so it goes, but uh, trying to look to see, cause I had heard a lot of positive things on, uh, on Pete Alonzo, by the way, Pete Alonzo had been climbing. I think overdraft season Alonzo yeah. had been climbing a bit. I, I had Alonzo higher. Now I have them basically the same. And I think um, if I had to pick between the two, I th- I think I might take 
Olsen now. That Mets lineup has potential to be really good, but it was really disappointing last season. Yeah. So and it's like, a tough like, park. It's still yes, a tough park. Yes. And I like I know Marte has the potential to be good, but he's already got the oblique thing, and Lindor has the potential to be good, but he wasn't last year. Like that's a lineup with a lot of potential. Jeff McNeil could be better than he was last year, and they've got the DH. Maybe someone like Dominic Smith runs with it. There's a lot of mites. The Braves yep. lineup, on the other hand, like Acuna will be back and will be a really good hitter. Um, he's not gonna be back at opening day, and I think people got a little optimistic on that, and it's you know, but he's going to be back and he's going to be a really good hitter. Ozzy well, Alves really is good. back, you know. Yes, Ozzy Alves is a really good hitter. Like those Braves are really good and were really good last year. So I think that Braves lineup being the Mets lineup could be as good as the Braves lineup, but the Braves lineup is, is a safer bet, I think. I think the Braves trade for, or not trade for, I think they sign one of those free agent outfielders still. Uh, Interesting. I might be wrong about it. They did just sign Colin McHugh right before we went to air today. Uh, so there's that. Uh, now the question is whether we can get, uh, you know, we, whether uh, we can change it a little bit even more to see if they get one more bet. I mean, all, the three guys they traded for are all free agents, Rosario, Soler, and Jack Peterson. Yep. Um, Soler seems to me like the guy that I, I, well, actually I take that back. I think Rosario is more likely to be signed with them just because of his defense is a little bit better, but mm-hmm. I could also see them like saying, okay, we're, we're good. This is our team. Uh, it just it seems to me like they're just one short. Yep, I think that's quite possible. And and those guys at this point will be pretty reasonable. Right. Yeah. Like like they're not gonna command I, I feel like I like Trevor Story is still gonna get a big contract, Carlos Cray is still gonna get a big contract. Maybe not everything yeah. they wanted, but a, a, a sizable contract. I feel like guys like Rosario, you can probably get on a one or two year pretty reasonable deal right now. Same with Solaire. Yeah, I'm pulling up the Brave step chart while we talk just to like you know make sure I'm not missing anybody, but uh, let, let's take a look here and see, uh, you know, who else am I forgetting here in this Braves outfield? So obviously, you know, and by the way, Acuna, we're going to, well, let's just make this, we'll get, we'll get to Acuna now too. Let's do it, yep. uh, but you know, you're looking at Duvall. I forgot about Duvall. Duvall and Ozuna. That's not a whole lot of range, although Duvall's not bad. He's actually got a pretty good arm. Ozuna on the other hand does not. I can't see them starting the year with Guillermo Heredia as one of their starting outfielders. I just have a hard time seeing it. So I think one more shoe is going to drop. I think they're going to get one more player. Yeah, it makes sense, especially if they decide that Acuna is going to miss, say, at least a month, and he's going to have to mm-hmm. DH, uh, something like that, for another month or, or what, however it works out. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense that Ozuna opens the year as DH, maybe has to slide in the outfield for a while to, to allow Acuna to get back as soon as possible. And then but, – but, yeah, having another outfielder in the meantime – yeah, it feel, feels like something they they probably should do, especially, like, as I said, they, they can do that without breaking the bank. Yeah. Acuna, meanwhile, the news on him is maybe sometime in May. Hopeful that he comes back sometime. Or, and I, it, it's implied early May. Uh, or no, he won't play the outfield until late May, though. That's right. So, Knowing that, what are you doing with his stolen bases? Yeah, he's I'm probably just not drafting Acuna. I felt like... So it's interesting, just looking back on it, and I will say this, as fantasy managers, we get the last few years, we get stuck in the worst scenarios. And you play fantasy in other sports, and so do I. Like, mm-hmm. you do not have to deal with all this garbage with fantasy football or anything like that. Like, 2020, we had to deal with, like, a three-week spring training and a 60-game season. And then last year, we had to do figure out, like, what do we do with stats coming off a 60-game season? And then this year, we had the lockout we deal with these weird scenarios. And one of the weird scenarios this year was that player values moved a bit, 
during the lockout, which they really shouldn't have much. Right. right. And, and Acuna started climbing during the lockout. And I know there was like a video of him, like, and, and everything. And that maybe got people going, but I, it's, I felt like people just needed, like, like they got excited in early March. They needed things to get excited about in early March. Cause the lockout was still going on. And one of them was maybe Acuna will be back for opening day. So then he started climbing up the rankings. Now he's going to tumble back down. And to me, he's like a second round pick and I'm just probably not taking him in the second round. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree. I think he's got to be somewhere in the 30s, and I'm not going to do that. And maybe he won't even get later. I, I don't think I don't think we'll get there. But I, as we we're talking, Fred, I just bumped down Acuna's stolen bases from 17 to 13. I, you know, seeing that he's not going to run, I mean, not play yeah. the outfield, I should say, implies to me he can't run. You know, if you can't, if you don't trust him in the outfield, how can you trust him stealing bases? Yeah, so he's definitely not running in – I would say he's almost certainly not running in May. Um, I'll give you a couple either-ors. Now, the, the other thing is, is when you do your Acuna projections, if you want, because you, he's pretty clearly going to be out in April, you could build in about four weeks <coughs> of a replacement-level player, right, mm-hmm. and throw throw 10 RBIs, throw 10 runs scored, throw two homers and a steal on his total, and all of a sudden he does start to climb back up your rankings. That doesn't – take into account that you're wasting a bench spot in an NFBC style format on him, but in, in a towers or something or a labor, that would make sense to put those numbers back in because you know, in April, you can use someone else instead of him. Um, Acuna or Teoscar Hernandez? Teoscar. I think uh, so too. Um, how about Acuna or Cedric Mullins? Acuna, probably. I have my own concerns about Mullins uh, being able to repeat. Yeah, the, the ballpark changes don't aren't, going to directly hurt him as much as other hitters on the team but they'll still hurt i think sure uh at least in terms of the power it's not like he's going to pull everything he's not the left-handed jose altuve where everything every single thing was down the line at least i don't think it was um although maybe then again the bigger outfield leads to more hits for him so that that might be a trade-off point is i'm i'm yeah i i'm a little lower than the pack yeah you're a little concerned possible not a full one-year wonder, but maybe not repeatable. Acuna or the my obliques already sore and I miss about 30 games every year, Starling Marte. I just took Marte at 3.7 on Thursday night. This is before the uh, oblique thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be pick uh, 31. Uh, probably Marte, but I want to see more about this oblique before, you know, next before I don't have a, a, another draft until at least where, where I have to make the decision on Marte and Acuna until next week, because I, I have ale tout on Saturday, but I don't have another draft until next week. I'll do a great one. That's right up your alley, even though they're not the same position. Cause I know you love this guy, Acuna or Xander Bogarts. Acuna. I, yeah, so, I, so you're basically paying a picture of Acuna as though he's like a mid in a 15. He's like a mid to late third round guy. Like, like Bogarts is more like your fourth early fourth. Yeah. So yeah, Acuna's in, in the mid, mid to late thirties for a pick. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially depending on how you set up your lineup outside of that. But I think that's fair, but I think he's going to go higher than that in most leagues. Although there will be some rooms and we have the main event, draft starting and not not very long um there will be some rooms i think where just the room's really cold on acuna and he does slide yeah i think i think you're right by the way um it doesn't look like uh the, the red sox will be going after carlos correa uh you know, i had heard about that a little bit but bogarts doesn't want to move from shortstop 
they they think want to keep him around. I don't know, but we'll see. But I've also seen, you know, Freddie Freeman maybe to Boston. I, I don't know if that's just uh, – I think that's just – you know, I, I don't think that's an, a confirmed thing or anything like that. But I think they're in on him. I think they're in on Freeman. But that would be interesting to add that, that back to that lineup. But yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I – I don't think, yeah, because Bogarts, we know he's not going to get ten more than ten stolen bases. We know that's his top. Whereas Acuna, I, we could be wrong. There's a there's a theoretical upside that's higher. So a, a couple things I wanted to mention on Acuna. The nightmare scenario, I think, if you draft Acuna, is he comes back at the beginning of May and he doesn't play every day. Like they say, we're bringing him back. Like he's back on the roster, but he's mm-hmm. not a hundred percent. We're going to play him like four games a week. You know, he'll pinch hit in the other games. You kind of have to put him in your lineup at that point because he's so good. But it's kind of crummy. You know what I mean? Like you're right. not getting the full fight. And, it, and and you have him back, but maybe the first three weeks he's back, he's like a two-thirds player, a two-thirds Acuna rather than the, you know, the awesome Acuna. And, and you don't get the awesome Acuna for later. That being said, there is right. a, at least – so I, I actually I'm going to kind of bridge this to, to – I don't know if we I, we didn't bury the lead today, but I don't think you and Scott. This happened after you you and Scott. I think recorded your the last Rotowire podcast. But yeah, Acuna at least has massive upside if he came back May first and was good and was stealing bases, etc. Fernando Tatis, how far did you push him down? So the the news on Tatis is a little bit debatable because you know he may or may not need surgery still. Um, do you want him to get the surgery? Um, to, to, oh, I, I mean, I guess you're not a, prof, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that I don't might know. be asking you too much. You're yeah. not a medical professional. Um, I'm taking him at least into the third round, probably lower, probably into the sixties. Actually, they're saying a three month injury, but I don't think it's three months of the season. I think it's three months from now. Uh, and right. it could be short of that. Cause he's come, he's beaten projections before, as far as that goes. Yep. That makes sense. Um, I, I've got him for 103 games. Okay. 103 games. And then, like I mentioned with Acuna, like, and I think this is even more important with Tatis, like you have to build in replacement value for two months. If that's what mm-hmm. you're going to pick him for, you know, you, like just pick, let's just say you have Joey Wendell instead of him as your shortstop for two months. That's a replacement level type player in two months of Joey Wendell. You're going to get about three homers, three steals, 15 RBIs, 15 runs scored and a 260 average, something like that. So once you add that in, Acuna will move back up your rankings. Again, I'm not factoring in at that point the value of or the punishment of having to keep him on your bench in an NFBC-style format. But I don't have him as high as you do. Um, I've got steals concerns when he comes back. Like, how much is he going to run? Right. Same, same, same as Acuna. Um, and, then, and, and, then, and to be clear, I'm not sure I have them as high as you think either. I haven't okay. been put to the test yet. You know, it's, it's right. I haven't had that either. Or I think the uh, like I think the the algorithm rankings with with my projection for him have him at 52, but I'm probably going lower than that. Okay, I think I, I had him initially like much lower, and now I've come back maybe a bit on him. You know, I had him more like closer to 100. Mm-hmm. Now I've kind of moved like now he's crept back up as I've looked into him a little more and he's maybe more like like 75 or something like that. I don't think I'll get him in any leagues at, at that price right. point. I think someone will will take him. There'll be someone who will bank on just getting like full Tatis. But right. I, I like I worry about the steals. I think it's also fair to worry about initially how well he bats like coming off a wrist injury. Yeah, is, is he going to right. have his full power? That's always a concern with any wrist yes. injury. You know, the yeah. funny thing, though, is, it, you know, I 
we say that. And then sometime Matt Olson, for instance, had the broken hammock bone that one time and he came back and he was better than ever. He was actually better when he had it uh, removed. And then, you know, you had, uh, then you go the other way and you look at Joey Gallo who lost a season basically because of it. So, I mean, it, it, Obviously, not one size fits all, um, and that that's something we you have to kind of keep re, uh, relearning here. Uh, we see your questions in the form. We'll hit them up in a little bit, uh, but uh, we typically do the questions at the end of the show. Thank you for posting them. If it's on topic, we'll hit them right away. Otherwise, if they're general questions, we'll get them at the end of the podcast. Uh, before we move on, though, quick note from WinBet, our constant uh, sponsor that we uh, always appreciate. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's Fancy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Do you want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit, and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson, here with Fred Zinke, who sounds much older on radio than he does here in the podcast there, so... Uh, and then I saw another uh, comment on Twitter. So that's what Fred looks like. So welcome to new listeners uh, and viewers of our stream and podcast. We do appreciate you. Yes. And, and if, if you're disappointed by what Fred looks like, well, there's not much I can do about that. I have a, I have a face. You look radio. younger though. I think I they're saying you look radio. younger. I think oh, it's okay. a compliment. You, okay. you say they sound older on radio. So, I mean, I think sound it older. makes it sound like you're looking good. You're looking fly. <laughs> uh, take it as a compliment there. Yeah. Um, Big blind, uh, new story that came out today that we're still trying to figure out. Uh, Yankees and Mets players, if they're not vaccinated, they, as the law currently stands in New York City, they won't be allowed to play home games. Kind of a big issue, even bigger than Kyrie, because it's 81 games, not even 40. And and, uh, I I have a feeling this might evolve over time, but this could affect, and, and we know there's a number of players that are unvaccinated. We don't know the identity of all of them. It's been implied that maybe Aaron Judge is one of them. Uh, and the, the fact is he got asked the question and was evasive in answering. So I, at the risk of going Kyrie or Aaron Rodgers again, what's your take on this? Yeah, this is a tough one. So, I, okay, it might evolve over time, but it's unlikely that it evolves in the next three weeks, right, before – that before opening day or three or four weeks right before we have to make a decision on our draft picks. Yeah. And before the Yankees have to play a game, like a home game and the Mets have to play a home game. Mm -hmm. It's unlikely. Like, like I could see this policy changing in New York at some point during the season. Um, But the odds of it changing (laughs) next month aren't really that great. Uh, We already knew about the issue of these guys crossing the border and the Jays possible home field advantage all season where, Teams are going yeah. to have to leave guys behind. Every team is going to have to leave guys behind, but that would be especially punitive for teams in their division that come more often and care probably more about winning those games. Ten um, games, too. It's not yes. just one series. It's three series. Yes. So are any of the Yankees and Mets willing to go full Kyrie Irving and actually sit out all their home games? Like, that takes – like, or are some of these guys who didn't want to get vaccinated just going to say, you know what? Now, do they, do they not get paid? 
in New York. Um, I know they don't get paid in Toronto. That was part of the right, right. Of, this, of the agreement, right? So they're losing out on that. But if, like, if Aaron Judge lost half of, or 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 Josh Donaldson, the newly arrived, lost half of his salary, right? I don't know. That would be I, that would be huge for yeah. these guys. I feel like they will now rush out and get most of these guys will rush out and get vaccinated. Yeah. Because they won't like, they won't want to look around that clubhouse and say, I'm not Kyrie Irving. Like that takes a special kind of mentality to really be able to look around your dressing room and say, I'm not getting that vaccination and I'm going to not play in every single home game. And, and selected road games too. Uh, yes. Which is, you know, like, wow. I feel, I feel like you have to be like, like not to judge Kyrie too much, but I feel like you have to be almost like weirdly disconnected from your team and their goals. Like, like, I don't know, like to, to put, to, to go that far. I feel like, a, like a lot of these guys, if they are unvaccinated, will now, you know, right now they'll be talking to their agents. They'll be talking to the team management, looking for options, seeing that there are none and then quickly going out and getting their first dose. Yeah, I got to say it's a weirdly disconnected policy too, though. I mean, it's an outdoor sport uh, for the most part. And it's not, a for the most part, it's not a close contact sport. You don't even have to be vaccinated to be a fan. Uh, what are we trying to serve here? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I have an issue with the policy. I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 interesting. I, I don't know enough in New York to know what the other vaccination rules are. Like you said, you don't have to be vaccinated to be a fan. That's... It's a really good point. And I don't know what, what the vaccination rules are at other, for other jobs. Like, are, is this like municipal jobs in New York? Like those type of government jobs, like you have to be vaccinated to work those like to come into the office right now. I don't know what their policies are right there. Yeah. At that Seems... point, I don't know, but the truth, but the bottom line is it's a rule. And I think yeah. right now, if I drafted, I don't have any drafts coming up. I kind of decided to do a bit of a draft pause now. Like I did a bunch. I'm going to let the news come out. I'm going to start again in late March. Um, I think that's solid. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I, I didn't really plan it this way, but I'm, that's the way I'm handling it. mine. So I've got tout wars, which has long been on the schedule. So yeah. uh, I had the NFBC main event, which is a week from Saturday on the 26th. Mm-hmm. And I, I have yeah. another one 27th, another one, the 30th. I'll, I'm going to throw in an online championship. I'll do a second beach F Erickson at some point there. Uh, so we'll, we'll do all that. Uh, but it, but it's going to come 26. Yeah. Waiting till the 26. I feel like is a good, that's what I was kind of thinking is to wait till late March, early April, do a couple more drafts, you know, at that point, but give this thing like 10 days for the initial spring training wave of injuries to be sorted out. Right. Like right. some of the ones we're still going to talk about tonight, um, you know, and, and let all these guys or almost all of them get signed and then start being really concerned about the few guys who haven't been signed. So I'm not drafting right now. Hopefully this Yankees Mets thing gets a little more clarity between them, but they're not going to tell you who's unvaccinated. Right. Right. He's but, well, we'll find guy. out pretty damn quickly though. When, it, when, when Aaron judge misses the first home series, yes. I think, okay, we know now um, we may not know that about pitchers. You won't know as when you quickly. draft though. That's right. Like unless yeah. one of these guys volunteers the information and walks out to a press conference this week and says, I'm unvaccinated and I don't care what the rules are. I'm not getting vaccinated. Like unless someone says that um, the Yankees and the Mets will protect those players probably while they work behind the scenes to try to convince them to get vaccinated. Right. And, and they won't say anything until, like you said, until it, the, the, until the first time they have a home game. Yeah. But for a position player, this is a disaster. I mean, you're talking yep. minimum 91 Absolutely. games for, 
Yep. Uh, if you know, you factor in the Toronto factor for any Yankees player, uh, you're t- and then you know for the Mets, you're you're still at still half the half the season. Plus, you want players in their home ballpark. So, and I I saw I saw that something like fifty five percent of Mets players are vaccinated. It was like seventy seven percent of the staff, but fifty five percent of the that's players. Fifty five. Now I I need to verify that, but that's what I saw. And if that's wow. true, that's massive. Then it's you can't huge. draft those guys. So so for example, if if you had a draft tomorrow, and it's coming up to round four, and Lindor is the highest ranked guy on your list, I I. I, I think you might just take the next guy on your list. I mean, you really have to be putting to on be the Jeff Zimmerman hat and mine every bit of news item you can find, see what you can like do searches for like Francisco Lindor and vaccination and see what he has to yeah. say. I mean, Oh, what a nightmare. I hate, I hate when we have to waste our time with that. And so just looking at what the player does, uh, Ugh, it's that's not fantasy baseball. This is another thing. Like I just said, the stuff that fantasy baseball managers have had to put up with in the last couple of years. Yeah, but Kyrie's had to deal with it. I mean, NBA, you've had to put up yeah. a lot of crap too. I mean, how much talk about load management? That's some you know, baseball has their own version of that's that. That's a but problem. That's yes. a huge problem yeah. in the NBA. Uh, and COVID has yep. been just has wrecked, la- you know, a lot of the NHL, especially wrecked last December. Season. Yeah. Wreck yep. December, yep. Uh, the and it wrecked the NBA. There were some games that that even the games that didn't get canceled, they were just non-competitive games, uh, and that was just yep. that was a joke too. So it's it yeah, it's something we have to deal. We, we've had to deal with it in almost everything, but it's still it's kind of like ah, mm-hmm. just this is like Liz went on this rant during the show back when he was doing the show with me, and you know it, it's not what we signed up to do at all. So anyways, no, that, that's the part that's frustrating. Like we signed up to assess players, assess managers, team situations, have fun doing all that, not to, yeah, think about people's vaccination status and you no know, and lower. Right. Like, yeah, it's just not what we signed up. It's not what, not why we, why we love fantasy. So it's disappointing, but whatever we're here, we're going to have to deal with it. Hopefully in the next week or two until those big drafts come, like hopefully we learn more about, but I don't think rules changing. So Hopefully we learn more about who's vaccinated and who's not. But otherwise, I feel like you're going to want a discount, especially early round picks. I mean, late round picks, I guess, would be cuts if you find out you're only going to get them for half their games. Yeah. But the early round picks, like those are just killers because you can't cut them. You're just going to have yeah. to absorb it. You spend a third round pick on Aaron Judge. I mean, you, that's massive just to lose that from him there. I, I don't have Judge anywhere, by yeah, the way. Yeah, you're not cutting him because of his vaccination status. Right. I'm not. Uh, but I'm Same. also, yeah. but I'm also not drafting him going forward until I find out more I'm not for not a third round price. Someone's going to get some windfalls. He's going to drop to the fourth round probably with this, at least because factoring in there's some semblance of risk. How far does Aaron judge need to drop before you're willing to take him now? What pick number? I didn't have judges high as other people anyway. So I probably already had him as a fourth rounder. So. Where did you have him? What so number? For me, me it'd probably be like. Oh, I had him kind of in the in a group with like Goldschmidt. Those are kind of late force Lindor, like those guys. But I have some guys around him like Castellanos, who I have now my own concerns about because he's still unsigned. George Springer, right. I have kind of around Judge. I'd probably just take one of those other guys. So a Judge for me would probably have to fall like well into the fifth round. Yeah. By the way, visiting players going to New York too. I presume this would apply to also, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> 
What a this disaster. is going to be a problem. Yeah, so it's what, not just the Yankees missing 81 of, games. Uh, uh, yep. Just like, hey, guys, can you wade through this too? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Here, you've not eaten enough crap over the last two years. Here's some more. Shovel it in. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So, but, but I get it. Like, again, like these laws in New York are way bigger than professional baseball. Like the point, the point behind them and the, right. It's, it's not about professional baseball. It's a, it's a, I'm assuming that these laws govern way more than professional athletes. And I, I hope that uh, that would be weirdly punitive if they don't, but it, assuming that they govern a lot of regular people at their workplaces and places they want to go, then, then it, whatever, like it's just part of being in society. If, if the laws, and again, I don't live in New York, if the laws, feel just punitive towards professional athletes and that feels silly. Yeah. So, I, can't I mean, answer. I just, I don't, I think you're correct. On, in, which one? The first, I part? think the former, the former, the, I think the, it's applies to, yeah, they apply to a lot it's of the people. private employer rule. And uh, I, I think that's it, but I, see. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't really know for sure. Uh, I could dig a little bit more, but I don't feel like it right now. Cause I'm trying to digest yeah. every other bit of news and there's, a whole lot more well, that we haven't also gotten Also, I to. will say that, yeah, this thing's such a buzzkill, too, because the other news is all fun. I get, like, I know dealing with Tatis's injury isn't fun, but, like, the Olsen trade and, like, these other trades that we're going to talk about and signings, like, this stuff is fun, and it's what we were waiting for during a two-month lockout. Right. Like, this is the good stuff. I don't, I just don't want to have to wade through all this stuff of who's vaccinated or not. Like, I want to talk about all these other topics we're about to talk about, about tr- recent trades and recent signings, because that stuff is fun, and that is why we play this game. Right. Considerably not fun as a Reds fan or A's fan, but let's go there anyhow. Let's go on to the Reds Mariners trade. Go ahead. What are you going to say, Fred? I'm sorry. To say that. Oh no, I was about to say that this isn't fun for you. (laughs) But But analyzing trades still, we can at least get something out of it. At least Uh, Reds Mariners trade. Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez go to the Mariners. Reds get Justin Dunn coming off a shoulder problem. He'll be cromulent. He'll be in the rotation, but he's too go for tastic. This is a bad fit for him. So I don't spend a whole lot of time on him. Jake Fraley and then uh, Brad Williamson, who is the uh, catch in this deal here. Uh, that, uh, although I think uh, Keith, I think it was Keith Law that made the uh, the, the 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 quip. Uh, was it uh, financial flexibility they required? Oh, I mean prospect, someone that they can. Uh, that'll be coming of age when they are ready to flip Hunter green next or something like that. Uh, but it's, it's right. frustrating, but let's, t- let's take a look. Jesse Winker. I downgraded uh, because I think this ballpark change is really going to hurt him. Yep. I, I downgraded him too. I didn't downgrade him. My first reaction was like just a null move with him because I did feel like he's at least going to a team that's trying to compete and produce runs. And he was leaving a team that did produce runs, but like with their lineup, like their team's kind of falling apart now. Um, but then I downgraded him the more I kind of looked into it and thought about it. I've been down on Jesse Winker. Like he was kind of not on my do not draft list, but on my, I had him ranked way lower than everybody else or up mm-hmm. his ADP list all off season. I just, I'm just not a fan. I don't like the fact that he can't hit lefties still at all. Um, I feel like that limits his upside so much. Like last year he had a really good year, but to do that, he had to have a 1070 OPS against righties. Like, I don't think he can do that again. I don't think he he certainly won't. Not in Seattle. He won't Uh, now. Yeah. I don't think he was ever going to do that again. Like, yeah, that just doesn't feel like a sustainable number. So I felt like, 
Like he was going to be worse against righties this year. And I don't see why he would be any better against lefties. And anyways, I wasn't really a big fan. There's no speed there. His power is fine, but nothing special. Yeah. Now, now I'm down. Now I've got him downgraded further. I don't think I'll end up with him anywhere. I've got him in the one hundreds. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten him so far. I, I don't think in any league, which it's just, you know, I love Jesse Winker. Like, yeah, I, I, he, he's a, he's a great OBP guy. Uh, but that's going to even go down too, because that's tied to the batting average going down, yep. and the power is going to go down too. Uh, we had this question about Winker in, in our in our chat. Winker, Hanniger, or Franmill in an OBP league? I go Hanniger first, Franmill second, and Winker third. Now because of that, even with the OBP bump, because uh, I think he's going to get hurt by this park. And Hanniger is least you know, he's going to play more in the outfield. I don't. Know, maybe I'm too. Uh, you know. You know, I got to think of it more in OBP terms. Winker is a definite plus there, but I, I'm I'm moving him down. So in an OBP league, I would still keep him ahead of those other guys. I think just you would. Because, well, he he could have a like a ten or twenty point drop in his OBP and still be a good like forty points higher than each of the other guys. Um, mm-hmm. So I might leave him in front of those guys. Ah, it'd be really close. I might take Haniger now. Yeah, um, I take Haniger. Yeah, I, I actually I'd go Haniger. Winker or Fran Mill, because Fran Mill's still only UT. And that, that's yeah. going to hurt you a little bit. Uh, a little bit. There, I would have, okay, how about this? Prior to the trade, I would have taken Winker. Now I probably just have them all in the same basket. And I'd probably just, for sure, to just get the last one. Rudy know. Gamble was talking about uh, how he moved down Winker a lot. And I tend to agree with that. And maybe I'm overreacting because I just looked at Handiger's OVP as 318. So that's, that's actually a pretty qualitative difference, even if you do downgrade uh, Winker, at least. You know, he was 380, 394, 394 and 388 the last two years. If you put him at like, what, uh, two, you put him at like 360, you're still a huge difference uh, over there. So ah, now, I, now I'm conflicted a little bit more. Yeah. I, uh, he, he might drive in runs a little better in Seattle. The Reds always hit him first or second in the lineup. So he might mm-hmm. get a little, a little more in the way of RBIs, even if he doesn't hit for quite as much power just because he's in a better opportunity to do that. But I, I, it's, it's the split for me. It's always been just the fact that I think if you can't hit lefties at all, then you can only go so high in my rankings. Like you just, because either you get a hundred plate appearances against lefties, like he did last year and you hit 176 and drag your own batting average down with three right. homers. Like it's just not even worth it. Or your team just sits you against lefties which is probably right. a smart thing to do. In which case now I'm having trouble deciding week to week if I want to play you or not. So I just think you can only climb so high in my rankings if you can't hit lefties at all. And I think he's kind of the, the, the poster child for that. Yeah. Well, and just looking at the roster, Hanniger is like currently listed as the DH uh, unless you or I guess he's, I mean, excuse me, the right fielder, Kelnick's the center fielder, Winker and left Kyle Lewis and right as the DH. Is that what does that do for like you know Julio Rodriguez? Is that really you know kind of quell the enthusiasm for his call up? Yes, I think I think the two big losers in this trade are Rodriguez and Abraham Toro. Toro because they're adding Suarez, um, Eugenio Suarez, which as long as Suarez can hit well enough to keep a job, um, I think Suarez gets hurt by this too. By the way, um, oh, I, I, oh more, I think he yeah. gets hurt more than Winker because he's even more dependent on home runs. Right. So I think he gets De- hurt even more. Yeah, definitely Toro gets hurt in playing time. Uh, because if you look at their yeah. infield, it's now France, Frazier, 
JP Crawford and Suarez Toro combo. It might be a, it just might be a platoon or you might go that way, but then that's where like you get the squeeze with Winker a little bit, maybe at the DH sometimes too. Uh, you, you, if you put Suarez at the DH spot every once in a while, and it doesn't help them that Ty France already hits right-handed. So that's not yeah. an option. Um, Evan White gets hurt by this and not that anyone's, you know, mm-hmm. really basing their strategy on Evan White, but maybe in a nail only you're thinking about grabbing him for a buck. Now you're not, uh, it, it just, it puts the squeeze on things. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, all these guys, it's funny <laughs> across the board, hurt, hurt, hurt. Everybody's hurt by this. Who's helped yeah. by this? Reds. Actually, let's get to the Reds here in a sec. I will just say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Toro was one of my favorite sleepers, kind of in that range among like because he had the dual, dual eligibility, including third base, which is hard to come by. Yeah, I thought he was an interesting guy. I have him on my Tower Wars team. I have him on a few of the the, the DCs I drafted. Now I'm kind of wish. Well, now I wish I didn't have him. But again, there's so many ways for him to get in the lineup. Someone will get hurt. He'll have stretches where I want to use him this year. You know, in a. Mm-hmm it would be tough to hold them in a regular league. Like I'd almost want to drop them early in the season in a DC. I'm right. holding them anyways. So Suarez will be hurt at some point or Adam Frazier will be hurt or something, something will happen and, or an outfielder will be hurt and Frazier will go to the outfield. Something will happen. But um, the, the, yeah, the guys who are helped by this are on the reds because the reds are clearing out playing time. It's just whether right. there's anyone on the reds who's good enough to take advantage of this help to the point where we want to actually have them on our fantasy teams. Right. Let's talk Jake Freely because I think he's the guy that immediately gets helped a little bit there. Certainly in an OBP league, he get you know, he's already pretty decent there. I think the power is just going to be a diametrical difference there. I think he's going to really gain, you know, five or six homers at least off of this. And he's and plus uh, on top of the playing time uh, bump, which he what you know, he, he got 78 games, 265 plate appearances last year. I think he gets 450 plate appearances this year. Okay, so so this was I was going to cut to the chase with him. Draft is he draftable in a thirty round fifteen? Yes, league? yes. Okay, I think so. Here's, I mean, and the, the Reds have a hodgepodge of players in the outfield now, so yes. it's uh, it, it's really difficult. And I, there might be another shooter drop, but not from the outfield. I mean, if the, the remaining outfielders are Nick Senzel, Shogo Akiyama, Fraley, Max Schrock, Tyler Naquin. Naquin's going to play every day. I think at least every day against righties, which is essentially yes. every day. So like not every day, maybe, right? Every day against righties. Yeah, uh, but they, you know, there's not too many lefties in the division. I'm not really worried about the, that so much. I worry more about righties that you know on, in, on the bad side of a platoon than I am about lefties on the good side of a platoon. Uh, yeah, he'll lose a few. He'll lose a few plate appearances, but Fraley hits lefty. Shogo hits lefty. Mike Mustakas at DH hits lefty. You know, I, there's not too many pivots away from him. I mean, Aristides Aquino, we, we've seen him. He, he He's the punish, not the punisher anymore. Uh, so I, I'm not really worried about him that much. Uh, there, There's other things, other moves probably still coming, but not like there, there's not like too many hitting prospects that are close. They're pitching nope. prospects that are close. Williamson will get the call at some point this year. Hunter Green's going to get the call. Lodolo's going to get the call at some point this year. Graham Ashcraft might too, but hitting wise, there's no one knocking on that door right now. Yeah. All all you're looking to do with your bench spots in a 15 team league is draft guys who will play, who you believe will play a lot early in the season and who have skill sets where they may be able to 
you know, take advantage of that and break out and help you early in the season. And you don't, with those late picks, you don't really care if a prospect takes his job in August because right. you've already gotten, if you still have him in August, that's a great problem to have. So yeah, I think would you, is Senzel now draftable in a 15 yeah. team? 30? I already was taken in the, in the uh, end games, any end game, anyhow, okay. reserves. Uh, because I, I still believe in the core talent. Uh, right. And now, I mean, the, the, the runway's clear. I and mean, the, the yep. all the Reds have now is playing time. That is their currency to parcel out. They have to figure out what the heck's going on with Senzel. I mean, it's 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 blank or get off the pot time with them, uh, for him. I mean, they they if they're not playing him every day, something's wrong. And let, he's he's got to be hurting. Same same is true with Jose Barrero, except minus the whole it's you know, he, they're running out of time factor. But Jose Barrero needs to play every day. He's another guy I think benefits. From all this, you take away Suarez from that infield. It takes it's that one Jenga piece that frees things because now Mustakas can either play third or DH. Kyle Farmer can move to third very easily if they want to go that route. Uh, there is no excuse not to play Jose Barrero. They just got to play him now. Yeah, and if you're so if you're going to do this ugly tear down, then at least give your fans some of the like put Barrero in the lineup. He's young. Put Senzel in the lineup. He's not super young anymore, but he's still got lots of potential. Right. Play, fra- play Fraley, who's not a great prospect or anything, but is young enough and could still break out a bit. You know, let your fans enjoy watching. Try to enjoy watching those guys, Jonathan India, etc. And you know what they're going to try to do is find like some waiver claim guy. They're going to do this. Oh, we were shopping for free agents, and it's like. The, the cheap guy that signs a minor league deal and looks great in spring training and wins a starting job and he's good for a week and then he get, crashes and burns. I feel like that's what, what's coming for the Reds. Uh, I, but again, I'm being negative. I got to stop. I'm not going to be negative anymore. Yeah, it's whether that's they'll do like the, like the Rockies type thing, like the Rocky, Rockies signing Jose Iglesias. Like, will they yeah. do the Rockies thing and just grab Jonathan VR on a one-year deal and use him for three or four months and block? Barrero and you know what I mean? And then deal with some BS. Yeah. Deal VR and deal VR for a a class, a level prospect in, in July. And like, will they do any of that or will they just run with these kids? I think they'll probably do some of both. I mean, they're, I I think Barrero is going to play. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. I don't think he's, I don't think he needs to do anything more in the minors to see him. And I think they need to put him at shortstop. You know, there was a note saying that uh, this was before yesterday's trade uh, that, uh, Farmer was ahead of Barrero. Um, and keep in mind, Barrero is late to camp because of, I think, travel issues. Excuse me. Um, so that might be part of it there, too. So, uh, But I, I got to think, got to play Barrero. All right, enough what Reds whining. Let's get a note here from our friends at Thrive, then, and, and we'll keep rolling after that. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Save that those countless hours for Fred, which he's going to put in anyhow, so uh, just let him do that for you. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim your free Rotowire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And three, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Thanks to Thrive. Also, uh, we'll go ahead and roll with our other note here. Uh, we got a note from Better Edge, and then we'll go ahead and roll with our, our Blue Wire uh, sponsors uh, so you can uh, get all those in at once here. Do you think your betting skills are good enough to win you tickets to the Final Four? It's time to put your money where your mouth is. 
Better Edge is giving away a trip for two to the Final Four in New Orleans. All you have to do is join their contest at betteredge.com slash Final Four. Better Edge, it's B-E-T-T-O-R, believes sports betting with no fees should be the norm. And odds are, get it? Odds are, it's legal in your state. Check it out and enter their March Madness contest for a, a chance to win a trip to the Final Four. Head on over to betteredge.com slash Final Four. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com slash Final Four. Terms and conditions apply. Finally, quick note from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. We always host the uh, RotoWire podcast on the Blue Wire Network, so we thank you for your indulgence with their sponsors as well. All right, Fred, lots of other news here still too. Uh, it, it's it's great. I love that there's yeah. it's coming left and right here. Andrew McCutcheon signs with Milwaukee. You see a logjam. Yeah, and Tyrone Taylor probably loses on that, but let's assume yeah. McCutcheon's the. Let's just put it McCutcheon at DH on paper. That puts. Yelich, Kane, and Renfro in the outfield. That puts Taylor on the bench. It means Keston Hero or Rowdy Telez are probably on the bench on yeah. any given day. That's a pretty good bench, which is good. Um, That's a contender. That's what it, a contender absolutely. does. I, I will say that. So it makes me not want to draft Taylor. I was. I, I think I did draft him in our labor draft. Um, mm-hmm. He might be a cut now if everybody's healthy at the start of the season. I think Taylor could still have spurts of usefulness at least in 15 team leagues this season, because we know how this is going to go. Like McCutcheon will be on the IL at some point or 
Lorenzo Kane will be or Yelich will be or something. So there'll be a time when this log jam clears up. But as far as opening day goes, and that's part of what I care about when I'm drafting, yeah, Taylor's now off my list. The other guys I didn't move at all. I don't know if you moved any of the other. I, I, I think I've dropped Telez maybe a little bit in playing time, but and Keston here I honestly have never even ranked this year. Didn't even bother. I haven't drafted him yet. I did a projection for him. It's not too optimistic. Uh, no. It's it's okay. You know, okay. It, it he he's in the realm of consideration in a fifteen, not a twelve. That's the way I look at it. I got him for three hundred at bats. Uh, so take that for what you know, batting average, killing at bats, but not at bats nonetheless. Uh, he had some issues going on with his mom's health last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he being Keston Hira, uh, and I you know you don't want to spend too much time talking about, but the personal side of life that matters. You know that that affects affects player performance. It's hard to know concurrently when it's going on and how to handicap that. Uh, but it matters in terms of like, okay, what happened to him? He might be part of it. I don't explain everything. I think he had flaws to begin with. We all saw the strikeout rate, even when he was going good. Uh, but Keston here is someone that will probably get hurt a little bit by McCutcheon, at least at the DH slot. We knew something was going to happen, but you could also see where Hira plays first base when Telez, when the, when the Brewers mm-hmm. are facing a lefty. Telez isn't going to face a lefties. That's right. Yeah. So that's not enough for me on Hira. Um, Even in an NL only, would that be enough? What? No, no, no. Uh, no, I'm out. I'm out. Someone else. I'm out. You're like Kramer. I'm out. Spend their two or three dollars or four dollars or something on him. I'll be interested to see what he goes for next weekend in that toad NL league that I will miss being a part of this year. So I'll be interested to see what he goes for, but it would, it wouldn't be to me. I didn't touch though. I didn't touch Renfro. I didn't touch Kane. I think Kane's playing time will be more dictated by his own health. Yeah. Like if he's healthy, he's probably in the lineup most days. I can see how this is a good, like you said, these guys are contenders. They're in this for the long haul. Tyrone Taylor will now spell Kane a day a week. He'll spell, Renfro a day a week, he'll spell mm-hmm. McCutcheon a day a week, etc. Because you know Kane and McCutcheon, especially, are veterans. Yelich has got like an injury history there. He'll spell some of those guys, but it, it didn't. I didn't do enough. I didn't change them in my rankings because of it. Yeah, I, I just kind of dropped Taylor a lot, and I would have dropped here if he was in mine, and then I dropped Telez a little bit. Do you have any Yelich in your life? No, I'm not going to. Yeah, I I have one best ball share, and that's it. But that's where I I think he got dropped severely anyhow, so that was fine. Um, and of course, best ball, I'm, I'm just swinging for upside. Like it was like my eighth hitter. Uh, yeah. I, I did it. It was a best ball 10. It was uh, Joe Sheehan subscriber league. Uh, and I just, uh, you know, Joe mentioned if I want to jump in, I, I could. So I did and decided to draft 10 hitters to start and then go just build an off, uh, build a pitching staff after that. It was best ball 10s where you use a 32 man roster too. So it's a little bit of a different format. You're not 32 man roster and it's not full 23 starters either. It's like four pitchers and like, I want to say maybe 10 hitters. So I, I got, I drafted a starting lineup first and then try to see if I could overwhelm with quantity of pitchers later. So uh, we'll see if that worked out, but it was, it was a, it was a thought experiment. Ian Happ had elbow surgery. Another one of those injuries we find out after, you know, that we would have found out probably a month ago. Otherwise, uh, Winter, underwent a right elbow procedure in February. It was a cleanup procedure, removed loose bodies from his throwing elbow. Uh, hasn't been affected at the plate since undergoing the knife, under, undergoing, undergoing under the knife, not undergoing the knife, but going <laughs> under the knife. Uh, they say he's going to be ready for opening day. Do you buy that or did you move him down some? 
I moved him down, but a really small amount. So okay. I moved him down to what will probably equal like a round yeah. or so. So I kind of took out the tiebreaker because we know around the time you draft Ian Hap, whatever it is, round 11, round 12, something like that. It depends on your league size. But um, at the time you draft Ian Hap, you're going to have clumps of players on your list yeah. because the, the talent's leveled out. So so I would, I would often, I have some shares of Hap because if I was looking for just a little, a guy who could chip in eight to 10, maybe even 12, probably eight to 10 steals. Like he, he fit the bill. Now I probably just, if I have someone ranked even with him, that's my tiebreaker. If I have him, if I, if I, if he does fall that one round and I have him as the highest ranked guy on my list, I'll still take him. Yeah. I haven't been getting him already uh, because his playing time has been so, so mercurial to begin He's with. He's been there. all over the map. Like his yeah. skill set has been all over the map the last couple of years. He is going to face the Reds 19 times, and that's probably good for 19 homers right there. Uh, I have him slightly projected less in terms of playing time already than he got last year, so I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to change it based on this. Uh, I, yeah, I, you know, the thing is, like, he's such a frustrating guy. He's so good at times. You look at the overall numbers, like 808 OPS is what I have him projected for this year, 757 last year, despite hitting 25 homers. It's like, it's just, it's always something that's just a little off with him. And it's just, I want him to, I want to think he's better than he is, but he's not. Yep. I, uh, yeah, I, to- I totally agree. I had him in the main event last year, dropped him mid season or just after mid season. Then he kind of picked it up after I dropped him. Of course he did. Of course. Uh, that was really annoying. I'm not actually hating on him after that. I thought he would just be like, uh, I'm not living through this experience again, guy. But when mm-hmm. I projected him, I tried to be fair. And then he did yeah. come out. He did come out to the point where I was like, okay, he's he's appropriate at his draft spot because he he does have power and he can steal a few bases. And there's loads of playing time available on the Cubs. So yeah, uh, so, I'm not so, hating on him either. Uh, I I'm yeah. just eh, okay. Yeah, I, I he was yeah. I, I like I said, I didn't mind his skill set. I don't draft a ton of early power because I'm drafting some speed. So I could, he's a guy who has some power in those middle rounds. And then he does can chip in speed. I didn't mind his overall package, what he could deliver, but now I'm, like I said, I'm going to drop him probably around. And if he's still there, then I'll consider him. Okay. Very good. very yeah. good. Uh, bad news. Albert Elsley shoulder problem, not Two a minimum months. stay, you know, off yeah. completely. You know, I think it ended up being a lat. later, maybe. Yeah, I think it ended up being a lat strain that they finally diagnosed him with, but he's out for a couple months, fully off the draft list. Yeah, same. I, th- I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, very good. Uh, let's move on to the Nationals. Uh, this was a team that you know they 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 signed Nelson Cruz on Sunday. Did not see that coming. Not that it's a bad signing. I'm surprised he went there, just because there no one expects them to win this year. I was surprised they wanted to sign him because no one expects them to win this year. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, sorry, what, what are you guys getting Nelson Cruz for? I thought you guys were going to stink this year. So maybe they're going to stink and score some runs and trade Nelson Cruz at the end of July. Maybe, maybe they wanted or- to make Juan Soto happy because they're trying to sign him to a long-term deal. Maybe. And, and we did, we did, people did say exp- it didn't work for the Reds, but people did say, Hey, they've expanded the postseason by another team. Maybe team, maybe, maybe someone in the Nats thinks, Hey, we have Juan Soto if we can surround him with some decent sluggers after him in the lineup, because he gets on base so much like Josh Bell and Nelson Cruz, and maybe K bear Ruiz, 
really gets going and Cesar Hernandez is okay. And, you know, if it's, I, I, I think their, pit, their pitching will be their undoing, but. <laughs> if suppose their lineup though, too. I mean, when you're like, maybe Alcides Escobar, or Carter Keyboom will catch at third base or Terrible. Luis Garcia at second base. I mean, ugh, you know, their lineup oh, I mean, behind is, Hernandez. Yeah. Their lineup's really good in a couple spots, and then yeah, it's not good. But yeah. their pitching is like even worse. Like like when you look at that rotation, assuming they don't get a lot out of Strasburg, and that Patrick Corbin doesn't turn his whole career around, and Josiah Gray doesn't turn into an immediate ace. Like their their pitching is their bullpen's awful. Um, yeah, they did resign Annabelle Sanchez, so they got that going for them, and Aaron Sanchez, yeah. so they could get their A Sanchez going on there. <laughs> I like that. They're, they are going to have to trade Cruz in July, probably. Probably, but whatever. He's uh, going to play every day. He's going to hit after a guy who gets on base a ton. It's not a bad landing spot for him. Um, there's yeah. no DL tax, so there's that. Um, and, and, but DH I thought tax. the big news out of that camp was was the Nats saying that they'd love to see. I get Victor Robles take over center field, which I like. I get it because he well, he's a good of, defensive center fielder. Yes, but, but here's the thing: is Dave Martinez was saying, "I want him to be our center fielder," and he knows that. That doesn't mean that Lane Thomas is out of a job, by the way. Lane Thomas just probably pivots over to left field. Yep. And it doesn't, and this could just be them kind of pumping Robles's tires at the start of spring training and right. just saying publicly where he will, it will get back to him and he will see it. This organization still believes in me for it's crazy for how long Robles has been in baseball. Like he, he's only 24. Like yeah. this is his sixth season. He's only 24 years old. Uh, like, like he didn't play much the first couple of years, but still, um, he could be if he was a different kind of prospect he could be just coming out of the minors right now and we'd be talking about hey this robles guy has some speed so uh, there's still time on robles it's just maybe this is them just after he's had two really bad years in a row they come into spring training they want to say some really positive things about him that's all it is that's all it is is, because he also dave martinez also said he would love for tanner Tanner rainy rainy to cement himself as the Nats closer coming out of spring training he of the 171 whip last year, 25 yep. walks in three minutes. I would love to win a million dollars in the NFPC, but it's not even the grand prize isn't even a million dollars. So I would love for a lot of things to happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, they would love that stuff to happen because it would mean that Tanner Rainey had solved a right. lot of his problems and was suddenly pitching better. They would love Victor Robles to take the center field job and run with it because it would mean that he could at least produce a 700 OPS when it's been about 600 the last couple of seasons. It didn't change me much with Lane Thomas. The one thing I will say is we've gone through draft season that I've, and I've kind of looked at Lane Thomas, who I, I don't know if I have any shares of, maybe some, but he, I'm often competitive on drafting him where there'll be rounds where he's near the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Um, in his career so far, which is only 348 plate appearances, he has destroyed lefties, a 1,039 OPS, but only a 654 against righties like this guy should not be your leadoff hitter when a righty is on the mound like last year apparently lane thomas had a bit of a breakout i agree with that he hit 178 against righties so what you do is you you lead off hernandez against righties and thomas against lefties yes but that means thomas against righties who are most pitchers is hitting like like seven yes or not or not or ninth he might hit ninth oh yeah no pitcher dh yeah but ninth isn't as bad as it used to be either I know, but it's not a guy. You, I don't think you want a guy in a mixed league who hits ninth against righties uh, in a crummy lineup or eighth against righties or something like that. I don't know. I've, I've cooled on him a bit because of those splits. Like yeah. if he couldn't hit lefties, I'd be like, okay, well, whatever. I'll take him in round 21. And if, if they're playing a couple lefties, I'll just sit him. But 
I don't know. I've cooled on him a bit. It's also like my Jesse Winker thing, but in reverse, he's been amazing against lefties so far in his career. Right. Like he's gonna have to really keep that up. You don't want you don't number. want extreme splits. I, I I'm with you. Yeah, on that. Uh, I, I get. Yeah, you I just I don't know. He's not my favorite guy to gamble on a big breakout right now. And I did like I liked him more in the beginning of February than I do now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I I understand that. I get that. Same time, you're you're paying like round twenty two prices yeah. in a fifteen team yeah. or so. At the beginning of February, I thought, hey, this guy could actually be the Nats' leadoff hitter. Like, he was late mm-hmm. in the season. He could be their leadoff hitter. Then I looked at the splits, and I was like, no one in their right mind would make him a leadoff hitter against righties. Yeah. Like, unless unless he comes out this season and plays way better against them than he has in his career. But I don't know why I would assume that's going to – like, expect that to happen. Yeah. Let's uh, hit a couple more guys. We're, as always, we're, we're getting all sorts of good stuff here. Uh, Jack Flaherty had a medical evaluation of his right shoulder today. Wow, I don't like that, especially after the way his season went last year. Kind of on my, at least temporarily, kind of on my do not draft list now until I get some more information. I dropped him in my rankings. It's like you don't know exactly where to drop these guys right now. So I dropped him down to something like 135 innings for now. And I'll just wait and see. I think in a a week, I'm either going to drop him down to 100 or maybe I'll push him slightly back up if things look okay to 145 or something, but I'm not, I don't feel comfortable putting him back up to like 165 or 170. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I'm going to get that comfortable in spring training again. Yeah. I mean, he was going around Dylan Cease. Uh, he was at the tail end of a row of pitchers like Musgrove, Webb, Barrios, Flaherty, Cease. Now you're, he's going to go after Verlander, who's got his own question marks, Montas, Manoa, Morton. Stop me when you say I, I name a pitch starting pitcher that you would take Flaherty over Trevor Rogers, Luis Castillo. I take all these guys over Flaherty so far. Right. You Darvish, uh, keep going, keep going. Blake Snell, Shane McClanahan, Carlos Rodon, keep going, keep going. Uh, Tyler Molly, Shane Boz, Zach Gallen. Okay. Has his own. Yeah, I'll take, him, I'll take him over those guys. Gallon's got his own issues. So I'll take him yeah. over the ham. I might take him over Boz five innings pitch concerns about but there might be guys even behind them i kind of like luis garcia i know you do too i might just take garcia because he's healthy yeah and you're getting k's and i, I just yeah we so don't I know just that take him. so yeah so he he's kind of in that group for me now like a lot of the guys you were mentioning while i was sitting silently like mally um snell i kind of have him bunched in with a big pile of those guys so and i probably won't take flirty out of that pile i'd probably want to get to the point where Flaherty was the only guy left in the pile before I would take him at this point. Again, like I might bump him up a bit in a week, but I might also bump him way down. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. Um, okay, Lance McCullers, flexor tendon issue. I was, I mean, this was you know fore, foretold during the, the CBA negotiations when he didn't think he was going to be ready for opening day. Now... He's even at 219 right now, and I still won't take him. Yeah, he, he's, like, right on my do not draft list. Like, I don't know where. He'd have to be available in, like, round 20. He might even be on my do not keep list, and I'm in an ale score sheet okay. league. Uh, so we'll see. I might change my tune on that. But. Like, good good pitcher. I, I get that. Good strikeout rate. If But always has had durability issues. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Did make 28 starts last year, which actually actually really good in, in this major league baseball environment that he made 28 starts last year. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how many pitchers did that a, a decent amount, but not, not tons. Um, but, but when you see, don't think he needs surgery and he finished no. the year, he was hurt at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, like like I said, I would round tw- in a fifteen team, like round twenty two, round twenty. That's like pick three hundred. He's not going to still be there, but I would I would take him there mm-hmm. and then see see what maybe April brings. But yeah, I'm not going to have any shares. I didn't. I didn't. I don't have any, and I won't. Uh, I, I feel the same. All right, we're finished with the Phillies. Uh, a lot of stuff, moving parts going on there. Corey Knable is the closer for now. They Dave Dombrowski went out inside brand, Brad Hand. I know how much you love that signing. Uh, Uris Familia is uh, also signed uh, with them too. Uh, do you have any reason to doubt that Han- uh, that Knable will be the guy? Um, I know you. I mean, I'm being t- for those who don't realize, I'm being facetious about Brad Hand. He doesn't. Fred does not like the Brad Hand signing. I guarantee you. Uh, but uh, what's your uh, confidence level in Corey Knable? Actually, I'm going to put a percentage on this, and I'll go 80%, which is actually pretty good. That's pretty 80, good. 80%, I'll give the other, like, I'll split the other 20, I guess, with Familia in hand right now. I mean, that could all change if something comes out of Philly's camp. I think Knable's, like, by far the best pitcher there. I, I would put. Be, I wouldn't would even give the. I wouldn't even split the 20 with hand. I would say pitcher unknown has a better chance than hand. But. It would just be if if the manager did the weird, which the managers do sometimes, this guy's been a closer. We're going to use Knable in a flexible role because we can get him against three, four, five hitters in a lot of early in in seventh and eighth innings. And we're just going to kind of use hand who, who was like incredibly awful for my blue Jays last year when he was there. And I believe cost them the postseason because he was so bad in the appearances he made that he took two losses he was awful. Seven twenty-seven ERA. But but before that, hey, like if I if you're looking at this as a, as an MLB manager with the Nats, twenty-one saves and a three fifty-nine ERA before they traded him. Um, after he left Toronto, he had a two seventy ERA with the Mets. The peripherals don't look as good. He's not a good pitcher. I don't believe in him. I'm not drafting him anywhere. But I guess there's a path where a manager looks at him and says, "Hey, he's got 126 career saves. Let's." Let's use Knable somewhere else. I still think it'll be Knable. That's why I said the 80%. But I can at least see the path where the manager thinks that Familia is no better of a chance. Like, he wasn't really any – overall last year, he wasn't any better than Han. No, he wasn't. If I recall correctly, Han started the struggle even before the trade to the Jays. And that's the, the thing that caught me. I was like, they traded mm-hmm. for Brad Yes, Han. he did. Why? Yeah. And I will say, how bad are the Phillies at building bullpens? Like – I've seen so, that comment on Twitter uh, on so, Dombrowski, so, generally speaking, too. I didn't see that actually. I just I thought it when I saw the Colin McHugh signing tonight, and I saw it, who like won't be a huge fantasy factor because he's just going to get set up. Guy. So good for the Braves, though. Oh, oh. Like two years, ten million. So it, maybe it's that the Phillies weren't willing to give out two year contracts to relievers, but they're going to pay Familia and Han. I think are each making more this year than McHugh. Like that doesn't make any like why would they have not gone and grabbed McHugh instead of Familia or instead of hand it doesn't to me that doesn't make any sense at all yeah I'm in lockstep this is why some maybe some teams now I'm going to be snooty but this is maybe why some teams win and some teams don't like the team that just won the World Series signs McHugh great signing the Phillies who seem to kind of spin their wheels around 500 every year sign these two relievers that seem destined to have like a four ERA yeah yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on this one, uh, totally. Finally, Zach Wheeler. News came out on him on Sunday that uh, 
first that he wasn't going to be ready, that you're managing workload. And then later on, well, I started my throwing session in December and felt a shoulder issue uh, today, you know, and then I think today we saw a note skipped this Thursday bullpen session due to the flu. Sure. Jan. Uh, but you know, um, I'm being silly on that part, but it doesn't look, yeah, I don't think he's going to be ready for opening day. I downgrade him from 30 to 27 starts. I, I'm not going to get him in the first four or five rounds. He won't be my ace. I, I, I'm taking him around 75 or so that that's how much I'm dropping him. So you're not taking him. At that I don't point. think so. Although I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm looking at it right now, and I got to uh, – yeah, once I change – his whip projection is off. I need to fix that, but he – it's too good. Um, and Sorry, how many how, innings did you bump him down to? I thought I moved him down to one – I, I said – it says 176. I felt like I wanted to bump him down lower than that even. Uh, but he did throw two, 213 last year, and he didn't have this the toll of playoff innings, so there's that. But mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to get him. Let's just put it that way because I just it's a shoulder. I always run away and hide from shoulder injuries with pitchers, and it that served me pretty well. Every once in a while, I'm it, it it's a the sky is falling sort of situation there, but for the most part, it's worked out pretty well for me when I've ran away from that. I, I I've moved him down to the I moved down to 170 innings that dropped him. I mean, his ratio is very, very slightly worse, not much worse, but just just maybe he's not totally on top of his game when he first starts pitching. Obviously, he did take a win or two off when I dropped him, dropped the innings. That pushed mm-hmm. him down around like starter like 13, 14. So kind of like low end ace, but you pair him maybe with a Robbie Ray type or something like that's like I it probably pushed him down to like round four in a 15 team league. Right. Um I might be willing to do that. Maybe that's foolish, but so right now I still have him ahead of that, like Gosman, Barrios, Webb, Peralta, Cease, like that whole group that kind of seems to go in rounds like five and six. Um, I have him ahead of that group, but behind like Arias, um, whatever, Alcantara, the group that kind of goes in rounds three and four. Um, I have him kind of right around Chris Sale, I probably take sale over him right now. So it's sale kind of goes like late round four, early round five, sometimes to me. So I think that's kind of where I have him right now. Uh, so I guess I would consider him depending on the makeup of my team in round four, early in round five. So would you take all those other guys I mentioned from that kind of round five, six tier, the Gosman, Brios, Cease, all those guys, would you take them all over uh, Wheeler? If yeah, right now I would. I mean, I, I need to see like real progress in his throwing. And this is, this is actually good that I'm not doing a draft where I'm, I'm not doing a draft uh, where I need to uh, worry about that right now because I, my AL, my draft on Saturday's AL tout. I don't have the main until uh, the following Saturday. So I feel like I've got 10 days. We'll wait and see then. Mm-hmm. But if he's not, you know, if, you know, we'll see how much he's, how much throwing he's done, but he needs to be like, Oh yeah, we're only going to miss two starts. Then I'll bump him back up to something where I'm getting him in the third or fourth round. But right now, no, I'm just not going to get him. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, I also want to throw it with Zach Wheeler. Something. Okay, so when we talk about Jacob Degrom, who has his injury issues, and we're not going to know until the season gets rolling if he can really hold up or not. Right. The thing about Degrom is we know a hundred percent. Well, not a hundred percent, but pretty close to a hundred percent that if he's pitching, he's amazing. Yeah. With Wheeler, like, let's not forget, Wheeler's whole career, he was good. Kind of good. Yeah. 
pretty good around eight i think i last year i took him in the main and i think it was about round eight and i think he had fallen a bit he wasn't a big target for uh jeff Zimmerman and myself but so i think he fell maybe around and we took him about the eighth round so he's like a seventh eighth rounder and that was a pretty typical some other years he would be a double digit round guy like like 10 11. yeah so well look at his second... whips throughout his career 136 yes. 133 159 okay 2018 finally you know and keep in mind he had tommy he missed 2015 and 16 uh 2018 112 okay now we're cooking a little bit but then back up to 126 uh in his walk year with the mets in 2019 yes. happy fun ball year uh, granted but this is a huge career year guy um, and you just got to assume there's some fault regression already built in there. As always, I hear Scott Pianowski regress to what regress to what yelling here right now. But uh, yeah, he's going to regress. I, I just changed his projection. I think I, I, I somehow was off a little bit on his, uh, you know, his hits and walks, but I've got him back up to about a one twelve whip. Uh, yeah. I've got him uh, in an ERA about three, four, seven. And I've got him for 166 innings now. So, yeah. As as we talk about him, I'm kind of thinking I might just take Gosman or Brios ahead of him right now. It just yeah. just that's been the one thing in my head. I have no Wheeler shares, but I did have him ranked competitively yeah. um, until this injury. I just there. I I feel like just knowing his whole career. Again, this isn't forget Jacob Degrom. Like this isn't Garrett Cole. This isn't. Um, someone like Chris Sale, who is almost always in his career awesome, except when he's been hurt. Yeah. Um, this is someone who's, or Walker Bueller, or someone like that. Like, this is someone who's been, like I said, good. And then last year, awesome. And maybe he could just go back to being good or, or better than that somewhere in the middle. I think now that, now I'm more I think about it, I think I'll take that Barrios, Gosman, maybe Logan Webb group Peralta ahead of him that pushes him down to about round seven because I, I so usually there you one go. of those other pitchers and I round usually one of those eight. other pitchers around six you want so me over low high 70s low 80s now for him so there you go yep. if you're in a 15 teamer there so all right um we've made progress today we've we've, con- we've convinced somebody it's hopefully somebody else listening to us is convinced as well yeah if you made it this far in the podcast you got the good stuff yeah, the best stuff possible. That's All right, right, we'll leave it at that. Freddie Freeman's unsigned. So is uh, Carlos Correa. So is Trevor Story. By the time Fred and I uh, record next Tuesday, hopefully those will all be resolved. And, nope. you know, maybe the Reds and the uh, the A's will trade more things that haven't been nailed down. So we'll see. <laughs> it's, it's quite possible. How about as we leave, when are you panicking on these guys? Like, especially if you've already drafted them. Well, maybe if you haven't. Like, when are you panicking on these unsigned guys? Well, almost all the pitchers except for Kenley have signed, right? I mean, there, yeah, I meant sorry, the hitters. Like, like, like. When do you feel like just guys hitters like take story? less time to ramp up? So, yeah, but but what if one of them just doesn't sign? Like, doesn't get a deal that he likes and sits out through opening day? I view that as highly unlikely. You I mean, think, so you think all of the top guys? I think the the right. next tier down, you know, the that Rosario tier down there. That's what. I don't know. I don't know if it goes up or down in terms of getting the ball rolling, you know, and setting the market and, you know, change, you know, it, it could be musical chairs where there's no, no shortstop spot open for story, which would be weird. Be uh, but I'm not, I, I'm not changing it yet. Talk and to me in a week. I was, I was going to say when we record next week, here's a good prediction one. We'll hold, I'll hold you to this one. When we record next week, will there be any unsigned players who have an ADP in the top 100? Um, so that would be like Story, Correa, Castellanos, Kenley Jansen, 
There will be one. I don't know okay. who it is, but there'll be yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. There'll be one holdout. And then by the end of the month, they'll all be done. Right. All the top guys. Yeah. All the top 200 even, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys like Solaire, they're, they're the guys who I think who really need to get into, onto a team and into a spot and into a camp because, like you said, like they could actually just not get signed. Same as it's always been, though. The, the same reason why the players yeah. were trying they're trying to stop this shit. I mean, that that's yep. the whole thing, and they haven't been successful yet. And, yeah, we're going to stop tanking except for 36 hours later. So, you know, it's funny <laughs> how that happens. Yeah. But All right, that's going to wrap up today's podcast. Big thanks to uh, WinBet for their continual sponsorship of our podcast. Thanks to Fred for doing a lot of prep for me, just laying out a lot of topics I could just – pitch it at him and he can knock it out of the park. So uh, we thank everybody for listening. We uh, thoroughly enjoy doing this every single week and we'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care.